Hey folks, this podcast goes beyond the saddle as we explore professional careers across the equine industry. I'm your host, Katie Kleinbell. Let's tack up and head out. Joanne Y. Pierce is a world-renowned fine artist, illustrator, teacher, and entrepreneur. Since she was a small child, Joanne has ridden, dreamed about, and drawn horses, which was always her favorite subject. With a degree in art education, Joanne has worked as an art teacher in private and public institutions throughout Long Island. In 2019, Joanne and her son-slash-manager Tom created a free art lesson digital series called Pierce the Heart Lessons. Their mission is to fill the creative and therapeutic void that so many people are experiencing today with Joanne's talents, passions, and life experiences. As the pandemic hit in 2020, Joanne went into overdrive to provide free weekly Pierce the Heart lessons live from her home studio to help bring more creativity, peace, and fun to the world. One of the greatest pleasures in her life is to donate her time and art for the promotion of Alzheimer's research and care, horsemanship, equine rescue, and therapeutic riding programs. Joanne, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. We are all very excited to hear your journey as an artist um, and as a horse lover. So thanks for coming on and sharing with us. Hi, Katie. I'm very happy to be here. Um, Before the interview, I asked you to prepare two truths and one lie so that I can maybe guess which one is the lie. So go ahead and read them and we'll see how good I am. Okay. I am a minimalist. I worked on Wall Street. I do not like going to the movies. What? I'm going to I'm going to say your lie is the movies. No. <laughs> you don't like going to the movies? No. Um I have misophonia, which is a hypersensitivity to sound. So it's fun, my poor children, because they learn to eat potato chips without touching the sides of the bag. Um <laughs> But um, it kind of started in, in, I was in high school, I couldn't take the sound of popcorn when we went to the movies. And my friends are like, Joanne, what are you talking about? I'm like, can't you hear that? The popcorn is so loud. And now they understand it more in the brain, how it works in the brain. Um, and so there's a name for it now. And I've met people since then who have had worse cases than I, I have had. <laughs> oh my goodness. So well, I, well I, I will go to the movies, but I wear earplugs and I can still hear the movie just fine. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay. Well, the more you know, right? <laughs> so if the movies wasn't it, that wasn't the lie, then that means it's either the minimalist or the Wall Street thing. Which one's the lie? The lie is I am not a minimalist. You're not a minimalist. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have way too many collections. My first collection started when I was very little. And of course, Briar Horses. Oh, of course. And, um, but I love all antique things. And my apartments usually look like a store. (laughs) (laughs) She likes her things. So does that mean you worked on Wall Street? I did. I did in the 1980s. How cool. Yeah. It surprises people. So I had been substitute teaching when I got out of college. There were no jobs. And a friend of mine's dad worked for Bear Stearns. And I wanted to have, you know, good income, get out on my own. And 
he got me an interview and I started working at Bear Stearns. I learned a lot. It was a very good experience to learn about finance and it really helped my art career before my son grew up and became a financial planner. And now <laughs> yeah. I have lots of help. Um, <laughs> but after about three years, I, I remember a colleague saying to me, Joanne, uh, this is Wall Street, not Sesame Street. <laughs> so I thought, ah, it's time to go back to teaching and my art. What a fun chapter, though. I feel like everybody has to have that one fun, obscure thing. And for you, it's really amazing because everyone knows Wall Street and has these ideals about it. So how cool is that? It really was very cool. And it was a wild time. So I have lots of stories that entertain my family and friends. And they're like, is that true? I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wall Street in the 80s. Oh, my. <laughs> well, I'd love to talk more about what you do today. So let's start there. Can you tell us what your job is? Um, I am a fine artist and illustrator and also educator. So many things. What exactly does that mean? What's that look like for you? Well, a fine artist is when you reach a certain level as an artist and have kind of begun to master your craft. You're professional. You make money uh, from your work. Um, so then you can kind of get that title. As an illustrator, I illustrated a children's book that my sister had written that um, was very well received. We were a finalist for the Ben Franklin Award for Best New Voice. Wow. With that book, it was called Mint's Christmas Message. And as an educator, um, I had gotten a degree in art education K through 12 when I was going to school because my parents wanted me to be employable. When I graduated, and it really was great advice and something I've really loved doing all these years. Yeah, well, I can definitely tell just in the few moments we've been talking about how passionate you are um, about art and about horses, which we're going to talk more about here in a minute. Um, but tell us more about your company, which is Pierce the Heart Lessons, right? Tell us more about that. Yes, in 2019, my son and I founded pierce the heart lessons we decided to do art lessons online and we had a successful kickstarter and we had shot a pilot in manhattan unfortunately the pandemic hit right after that so we then concentrate on efforts on doing free art classes online throughout throughout the summer very cool. Now, these classes, so when you're teaching people to draw, like what's your typical subject matter? Well, my favorite, of course, is the horse. Of course. <laughs> That's the one I usually like to start with. It, it's a very complicated subject, but I like to simplify it for people. Mm -hmm. That was the um, pilot episode we had done was just a head and neck of a horse. What we did this summer in the live lessons and recorded lessons were beginner lessons that people could just do with a pencil and paper because people were stuck at home. Right. So they couldn't get to the store to buy fancy supplies. Yeah. So use what you have. I didn't want people to feel like they had to buy anything or like, or right, go to the store. Yeah. I had a lot of people coming to me asking, what can I do with my children during this time? So I saw a big need for, for that. That's oh, amazing. When we were in, when we were in lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say, um, like, what's the average age of your students? Is it mostly kiddos? Is it, you know, is it the whole range of ages? Mostly range from seven to adult. Yeah. Younger than seven, they're not ready for instruction. 
Sure. Well, I probably don't have the artistic ability of even a seven-year-old, <laughs> but maybe you could teach me. <laughs> well, that that's really been my mission throughout my life. I start out very simply with very simple geometric shapes and build confidence. So a lot of people say to me, I can't draw a straight line. And I say, I can't either. That's why I have a ruler. Not many of us can draw a straight line, but it's not necessary to learn to draw. Sure. Well, that makes sense. Okay, I feel better already. <laughs> Can you walk us through what is a typical day for you? So a typical day is really very similar to a job. I work about eight hours. Usually I work about eight or nine hours straight if I'm really on a roll with a piece before I know it, I've worked 16 hours. Ideally, I like to work from three o'clock in the afternoon on and in the mornings take care of business. If I'm teaching a class, that's the time I use to research what I'm going to do in my lesson and then draw around three o'clock on. Gotcha. So that afternoon, evening is your inspiration at, time. Dinner at midnight. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> It counts as long as you eat, you know, within the day. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it is very much, you have, um, people think art is sort of like something that hits you inspirationally. And, but it's as you become a professional artist, you can work every day like you would a job. There's nothing really mystical about it. You have to just get to work. Sure. Very disciplined. Yes, you have to be very well organized and very well disciplined. It helps to have a studio outside the home so you can't get distracted by laundry or other tasks because it's very easy to procrastinate. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good myth or misconception that you just busted. Um, do you have yeah. another common misconception that people have about what it means to be a fine artist? And can we bust it? Yes, you can make a living at your work. You don't have to be dead to make money. I was fortunate to meet some artists who were very successful in the 80s in Manhattan. And I got to see, wait, that you can make a living at this. And the steps that to take to do that. Which for you is um, the lessons, but also selling pieces or commissions? Or, I mean, what does that yeah. cash flow kind of look like for you? If one is to pursue fine art as a sole income, you have to be very creative how you market your work. It's great if you have somebody who can market for you. And if you can't, um, the days are gone where you got into a gallery. When I was young, if a gallery took you on, you were set. But now you have to be much more creative and think of many different ways to show your work and sell it. And the internet has been a great thing for that. Definitely. Your message reaches many more people, right? Lots of eyeballs on your work and what you do. But yeah. also that's challenging too. It comes with its own set of challenges. When I was teaching the lessons online, I had to train myself to see people's work on the screen instead of in person during yeah. the pandemic. That was, that was challenging. I bet yeah. so. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Well, what was your journey? So like education through to today, what led you to where we are now with Pierce the Heart Lessons? Well, I never remember a time I did not draw. 
I was always doing art. And my first drawing, I remember vividly, I was six years old and it was a horse. Mm -hmm. I loved horses forever. And I brought it to school. And that was the beginning of that. I had wonderful teachers throughout public school years. Um, I attended SUNY New Paltz and majored in art education. After that, I taught and developed my art, took some time off to raise a family, and then returned to the art and the teaching when my children were older. And then this past year, uh, we began Pierce the Heart lessons online. My son and daughter were telling me all about the world online. My son put my work on Instagram, first to Facebook, and then Instagram. And suddenly I'm hearing from people all over the world. It was phenomenal. More people have seen my work than would ever have seen it if I were in a gallery in Manhattan. Sure. It's, 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 it, bl it still blows my mind to this day. <laughs> it's very cool. Well, that's how uh, we found each other. Um, we had commented yeah. on one of your things on Instagram and your team kind of reached out to me and started this great relationship. So it really is like the power of social media and just finding the right people that, you know, want to connect with you, even in the equine industry, which people sometimes yes. don't think of as being super tech savvy, but really we are, and it's growing so much. And, you know, everybody loves to engage yeah. with what they love. And for me, it's horses. And for you, it's horses. And look yeah. at that. Yes. When, oh gosh. Um, I think back to when I just knew the group of people at my barn and maybe a few people I met at shows, nothing like it is now. It's, it's fantastic. And the educational part is my favorite. I can learn so much uh, because I didn't take professional writing lessons until I was 40. So I've been trying to learn as much as I possibly can since then. Oh, I just, I just, I just love the internet. Just love it. <laughs> you go girl. I love that. <laughs> Well, let's talk a little bit more about the equine industry um, and what you do for your craft and the advice you have to give. So what is one thing that you wish you had known when you first started out? I wish I had known not to be intimidated by the receptionists at galleries. I was very intimidated by them. One example is a woman, I was 26 or 27 years old, and I had a good body of work by that time. And I went to a gallery and the woman said to me, come back when you're 50. And wow. I, lis I listened to her and I should not have. Oh my gosh. So I would, that's, I wish I had known not to be intimidated. That's great advice. And that's uh, something that probably people who are starting out don't hear very often because it is intimidating. So she's here to tell you, don't be intimidated. Walk through the door. Yes. What's great about the internet is you have a whole world now where you don't have to be a slave to an industry but if you do go want to go the route of trying to I do recommend trying to go into group shows and getting a solo show but just have have confidence if they say these are the days we look at slides do it get your work out there as soon as you can get your work out there perfect great advice um along those lines do you have advice for anyone looking to pursue a career similar to yours Create what you love. I love horses. I can draw or paint horses all day long, 
all night long. And you want to have a subject that you love because you're going to be spending a lot of time with it. So do what you love, do a lot of your, do a lot of work and get it out there to as many people you can to look at it. Perfect. And also what's not to love about drawing horses and painting. (laughs) I love that. Yes. I know that you do a lot to give back to the equine industry and the, you know, the organizations and the foundations that you are passionate about. So twofold question, you know, how do you give Mm -hmm. back? What does that look like? And why is that such a big part of what you do? We have given back by donating original pieces to organizations Um, lift me up programs, horse rescue, and they have auctioned them off. Then that money is donated to their program. And I love to do that because I'm not in the position now, maybe someday of immense wealth where I can rescue all the horses in the whole world. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So um, that, that is my way that I can help horses and people. I love it. And everyone can relate to that because we've all been to maybe your therapeutic riding center has an auction. And I've seen some of the most beautiful art at places like that because of kind souls like you, kind and talented souls like you who are willing to donate to those places. And, you know, some of the, my favorite homes that I've been in, you know, people that I look up to and I ask about the art that's on their wall and I kid you not, so many times it, it came out of an auction like that, you know, where it went to a good oh. cause. Oh, that's so good to hear. That's yeah. so good to hear. It's beautiful and it gives back. And I love it. Giving back to the horses and the people of the industry. That's perfect. And it's, I think it's very important in life. It's part of my mission. And I, we need to, we have to do that. We're supposed to do that. When you do something for somebody else, you feel better. Absolutely. Especially when that can revolve around a horse, too. <laughs> oh, yes, they need us. And they we need, need them. Us. They need, and we, oh my gosh, we need them and we learn a lot from them. I've so learned good. so much from horses. They're the most magnificent animal. Aren't they? We might be biased, but. <laughs> oh, I don't know. And I think it's in the blood because we found out going through my grandfather's home after he passed that my great grandfather had trained horses for Macy's. Wow. And he drove teams of horses for delivery wagons. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, that's where it comes from. Like, okay, that's where I get it. It just was in the blood from when I was tiny. Absolutely. And it doesn't go away. Like you've been bitten by the bug. You're keeping it. Yes, it definitely doesn't go away. And um, some of my family and friends had never seen it because I in high school I was more involved in art and high school in college I was more involved in the art and when my son turned seven he one day said to me mommy I want to ride a horse I was out that door in a second with him to find a barn nearby and people were like where did this come from like oh it's my, you know, I'm getting back to myself. And we found a barn nearby and he started taking lessons. And that's when I said, for my 40th birthday, I'm taking lessons. I love that. That is just full <laughs> circle. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, let's talk more about the horses you have had in your life. Um, so tell us about the horses that you interact with now or the horses that, um, you know, you take lessons on and I want to hear about them. When I was in, it was junior high, 
I had I had friends who had horses. I grew up in an area with small yards, but surrounding us were large properties. And I I sadly drove my parents insane because I couldn't understand why I couldn't have a horse on a 75 by 100 foot property. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, my first two great experiences were one, uh, good friend Lisa had a horse and uh, she said to me, I will give you riding lessons for a dollar an hour. She Cute. was so sweet. Aww. So I took lessons from her at her house nearby. And we used to be able to trail ride all around where I lived before it was developed. And that was my favorite, favorite time. Um, at that time, also, my mother would take me and a friend to a park that had trail riding. It was over an hour away. My mother would drive once. My friend Gary's father would drive once. And we would do these wonderful trail rides um, along the beach on the south shore of Long Island. Oh, man. That was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. He and I still talk about it to this day. We just had, had the mm -hmm. greatest time. Then my next favorite horses were the lesson horses. I saw an article when I first started taking lessons about praising lesson horses. Mm. And I had two that I loved so much, Arlo and Henry. And Cute. they really, they were so patient and taught me how to ride. They were just saints. Loved them, loved them, loved them. And I made portraits of them. Like, okay, they're not expensive million dollar commissions, but they deserve portraits too. Absolutely. <laughs> they're the, they're the, they were the coolest. They were definitely the coolest. Well, it sounds like, like so many of us, you know, horses are a theme throughout your life. They never really go away. They find their way back in. So I'm happy for you <laughs> that they're finding their way back again. Thanks. It's one of the only places I feel at home when I walk into a barn and I smell that smell. I'm happy. I feel you. Oh, I love that smell. I love that feeling. Uh, we owe so much to them. <laughs> we do. And um, we joke about, I don't own horses right now because I would never be at my easel because of the time <laughs> yep. they take. And I just never left a barn. <laughs> my Tom and my daughter and I have joked about, okay, well, let's see if we put an easel in the barn. <laughs> There you go. Just turn one of the stalls into like your little studio. Yeah, that yeah. Would be really cool, actually. Yeah, that would be, a, that would be awesome. <laughs> They're gonna have to like force feed you though, because I can see you'd never want to come in to eat or sleep or. <laughs> yeah. They're kind of used to that already. They, <laughs> they kind of just bring me food in my art studio. <laughs> you need to eat. <laughs> when they were small, I, um, I was debating whether I wanted to buy a horse property when the kids were small. So my instructor, who was awesome, he was from Ireland originally, and it was great. He started me from the bottom up. Like I didn't just learn to ride. I learned horsemanship. Um, they called me the oldest barn rat at the barn because I was like <laughs> one of the kids. They're like, there's this lady who's here all the time. And <laughs> But um, he recommended that I take over some barn work for a woman who was having back surgery to see if I really wanted to have a horse property, to see what was involved with taking care of a sick stall barn. Yeah. And uh, my two children were young and they have vivid memories of me going, they were in the car waiting and me going, oh, one more thing. <laughs> oh, one more thing. And then, oh, water. One more thing. And they're like, oh, gosh, can we go home yet? It's always one more thing. It's never it's ending. Thing, right? Yep. 
<laughs> That's okay. We love we love all the things. Uh, we have to, otherwise we will drive ourselves crazy. <laughs> it really has to be a labor of love, like in anything in life. You just have to love it and yeah. have it be in your blood. For sure. Oh, well, Joanne, it has been just absolutely lovely chatting with you and getting to know your love for horses and for art. Um, I'm sure that people are inspired by this and might want to check you out and connect with you. So what is the best way that they can do that? So the best way is on all social media at Joanne Y. Pierce, also at Pierce the Heart Lessons and Pierce the Heart Lessons on YouTube. There will be um, more Pierce the Heart Lessons to come on Stream Horse TV. Lastly, if anyone is interested in commissions, they can email me at mail at jypfineart.com. Perfect. I'll be sure to um, include these so people can find them as well. Um, so you guys can check it out and connect with Joanne um, and, or book a commission with her, which would be way super fun. Um, or just tune into her YouTube and learn how to draw for yourself, which would be really, really entertaining <laughs> for me, I'm sure. Um, I absolutely love it. Joanne, you are just, you're a delight. Um, do you have any like, what's the last thing you want to leave our listeners with? The number one takeaway from this interview or a quote that you love, just to give us some food for thought. Thanks so much. You're a delight as well. Um, I'd, love to, I'd really like to leave people with the thought, escape into your art. And that is especially important now during this tumultuous time or at any time in your life if you have challenges and I encourage people to just start and to share their art with me on social media thanks for writing along know someone that would be great to interview have questions you'd like answered on the podcast send me an email at beyondthesaddlepodcast at gmail.com or join the conversation on social media. You can connect with us and learn more about the Beyond the Saddle podcast by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond the Saddle Podcast. Find more episodes anywhere that you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Beyond the Saddle is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of Equine Network, LLC. Hey listeners, we want to know more about you. Check out the show notes of this episode to take a quick listener survey.